It is the Industry Interactive Podcast, featuring industry-centric interviews, discussions, and more with the premier minds in the creative arts and industries. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast at DynastyPodcast.com. This week, Mo Care, Brendan Black, and Joe Pascal of The Wild, their manager, Michelle Backer, and Jesse LaBelle and Jeffrey David of Music Dealers, in an interview recorded at the Chicago Music Dealers office. Here's how that sounds. I'm a Black for Dynasty Podcast. I'm here at Music Dealers headquarters in Chicago, and I am here with a whole room full of people. I'm here with The Wild, here with Joe Pasco, Mo Care, and Brandon Black from The Wild, and then from Music Dealers, here with Jesse LaBelle and Jeffrey... David. David, yes. All right. Um, so we're here today to talk about a very cool campaign that came together with The Wild and with Music Dealers. So let's kind of start out... Um, maybe with the music dealers team, like kind of talk about the campaign and what this was and kind of how it all started. I think it started with like a music dealers workshop with the McDonald's folks. Is that the case? Sure. Um, yeah, so at the brand level, music dealers uh, goes in and does sonic identity workshops for corporations or typically larger entities like the Coca-Colas and the McDonald's of the world. Um, we did one in the fall of last year directly with the McDonald's partners, and they were cool enough to refer us uh, directly as a result of that to some folks at DDB. Jesse had done a nice job of working with DDB in the past, and I was fortunate enough to be introduced uh, with our CEO to a producer over there. So uh, that's really where kind of the inception of the campaign started with, and they knew from the get-go that they wanted to do something pretty different, which is where we came in and Jesse's kind of creative genius kicked in. So um, we went back and forth several rounds talking about different concepts. Um, the original reference music was Beautiful Piano. That obviously changed pretty drastically by the end of the campaign, but over the course of a couple months throughout the holidays, uh, we really, really tightened up the partnership with DDB, and that in turn made McDonald's very happy, and it came out with a really, really awesome piece of content. So McDonald's already knew that they wanted to do something with with the Winter Olympics and create a very memorable spot. So that was already like in the start of the discussion in that workshop? It, it was. So basically what we were trying to do is get McDonald's to realize the importance of music and branding and just how much music can add to a brand and change the momentum of a campaign. And they were willing to try something different than what they had normally done that they had been doing for years, which is just using music as a background piece to their ads. And we wanted to introduce the idea that by using a well-known artist or a, an artist that's just about to break, how, how that can just really just give the campaign momentum. And they gave us the opportunity to do that with the Olympics campaign. Well, you know, and something else that just comes to mind as you're talking about this, you know, I spoke with Eric Scheinkoff, of course, CEO of Music Dealers at South by Southwest, and one of the things we were talking about there was kind of like, for lack of a better description, like kind of ownership of a piece of music, not like le um, literally legally owning the rights to the music, but like using a song that hasn't been utilized in a campaign before and making it, you know, identified with that campaign, you know, where, you know, the wild track to my knowledge, was not used, like, previously in, you know, with four other brands or something like that. So I think it lends itself to having some authentic connection with the McDonald's Olympics piece, right? It does. So we, we had just actually gotten the wild in our catalog, I think, 
two months before, and um, we really just recognized, you know, just what an amazing band they had, they were and are, and um, just how much potential that they had to, you know, really propel a campaign like this. And so we were just waiting for the perfect opportunity to pitch them, and it just so happened that it arrived two months after they were in our catalog, and we were very, very thankful um, because they added so much to that piece creatively, you know, and we just, we just, you know, took advantage of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, with looking on the artist side, you know, with the wild guys, like how did you guys first get connected with music dealers? How did you find them? Like, was there a discussion where you're like, let's start licensing our music? Was it something someone suggested or kind of how did that happen? Uh, we were just basically um, getting our songs out as, as far as we kind of could. We had it in a lot of different places. And the, how did the relationship start with music I, dealers, Mitch? Um, hi. Um, I knew Paul Sampson, and I'd met Eric once before as well, but I had a relationship with Paul, so as soon as I started managing the band, I actually went straight to Paul. He was one of the first people in the music business that I went to, and he came straight back to me and he said, I get them, I love them you know, let's let's get busy. And so then he he got hold of Rob in the office here, who we haven't, you know, and uh, Rob just went, oh my gosh, like instant again. And then from what I understand, Rob and Paul put some kind of like attention behind the wild and I believe, you know, spoke to some clients and really pitched the wild. And, and I was like, I said to the band, you guys are getting some extra love and attention from music dealers and then boom like we just we just started getting emails from music dealers like you know like four or some you know in one day and then it was consistent but there was an excitement coming from everybody in the team from music dealers about the music and we could see that they were aligned and then yeah and then this opportunity came through and yeah yeah you know, and with you guys, you know, when you were, were creating the EP, when you're working on music, are you thinking, like, this is cinematic. I could see this being in a movie. I could see this being, like, in a, you know, high concept spot or a TV show or something like that. Or kind of what goes into your head when you are creating this, you know? We watch, actually, between the three of us, we watch a lot of movies. And so we've always um, kind of had, like, a cinematic quality to our music. Just, yeah, the, always the direction. You can, we can always kind of imagine a scene, I guess, when we, when we wrote our songs. So. Yeah, we actually like, often say that, like, this could be in a movie or this could be here or there. Like, we literally watch a movie a week I see in a theatre. Well, I do, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, obsessed. The latest one is the Grand Budapest Hotel. Have you seen it? I have not seen it yet. I really want to. Yeah. Gotta see that. It's really good. Um, you know, what about, like, the old stigma? You know, like, a decade ago, it would have been like, oh, man, you guys sold out. You're in a McDonald's ad. Like, yeah. does that ever even cross your mind, or is it just such a different climate now for artists that yeah. you have to go where the opportunities are? Yeah, well, it's, it's not just a different climate. Um, it was actually, like, with the campaign, seeing the imagery that was associated with it. Um, seeing the fact that it was also during the Winter Olympics, it was yeah. like so much, uh, it was actually like just a really, we thought it was a really good opportunity to get our stuff out there. And we weren't known to the extent of being like, oh, Pharrell just gave us song to, you know? Um, so we didn't see it affecting us, and thank God, you know, it didn't at all. Yeah. It just, you know, it got the music out there to a lot of people who, mm. their, only, their only reaction was trying to find us. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and let's, you know, uh, that was one of the things I wanted to touch on is like being in a spot like this, which I'd imagine has global reach on, if not TV, then online, you know, and when it's with something, especially like the Winter Olympics, which is such an enormous platform to be associated with, what has the response been like either from fans that knew you guys or people who maybe discovered you through the spot? Um, our fans have been absolutely stoked for us. They couldn't believe it when we posted up the uh, the YouTube link for the ad because there's a real patriotism that's kind of um, down in New Zealand, like, yeah. You know, kind of get it in America, kind of situation. But uh, as far as like, yeah, new fans, it's kind of like, oh, you know, I'm so glad McDonald's went with something new and, and fresh and crazy, you know, because this, um, you know, I found this new music and it's amazing. I mean, so. yeah, because it could have just been a safe choice, like Pharrell. Absolutely. Like everybody would love Pharrell. Nobody would have been like, oh, this is so brave. It'd just been like, hey, Pharrell, you know. I love that happy Pharrell. Yeah, it, it could have just been happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Can we touch on that for a minute? Yeah, sure. So th this concepts and Jesse can attest to it like if you're in this music space comes up all the time right the idea of remaining authentic and staying true to what it is that you in and, and using the famous term sell out but like that doesn't exist as far as we're concerned this is an ever-changing landscape and this is the way to get put on in today's like landscape of music and so I think there's just a greater story of a really authentic band that is trying to get more into the spotlight and good partnerships that make that happen and we sit at the center of it and we're lucky to have DDB and McDonald's and all these really cool partners that we do but they're going to continue to be able to stay true to the mission that they set like originally years ago it just so happens that several thousand more people know who they are so it's yeah. a win all the way around so uh, that is a question that we get a lot, as you can imagine, and it's definitely the way to do it. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, when I watched this spot, it was like, it is, it's very cinematic, it's it's very, there's an awesome urgency to it, and it's it's memorable. And it's, what, maybe like a minute and a half, but you don't mind that you're watching like a 90-second spot. You're not like, how long is this, you know? So I think it does have that kind of like mini-movie quality. Um, what about like on the music dealer side or with the clients, with McDonald's, with DDB, like what was the response like once the finished product was put together and they saw everything as it came together? Um, you know, we actually came into the conception like of this like really early. So we got into it before they had even filmed the spot. So um, they get, actually gave us an example of the type of editorial style that they wanted to use, which was that really fast moving um, edited, you know, version with all the clips and the, the athletes and um, so knowing that, that that was the way that the spot was going to be moving, we picked a track that had that movement too. So that, that was another, you know, not only was it a perfect band, but it was the perfect momentum for the piece. And, it would, you know, it really matched that cinematic style that you're speaking to. So it, it, just, it just came together. And when they, the concept started to come together after the filming and they did the editorial, they just realized um, how how much this music added to it, you know, the spot itself as a standalone piece with, with no VO until like the end. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it, it turned into something that was so attention grabbing, you know, normally you see a, a mm. you know, a McDonald's commercial and you just kind of think da 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 and like that's kind of like the most memorable part of the whole entire commercial and people started to like listen and the, you know, that the commercial itself would make people turn their heads because it was the music. Yeah. That's what they heard first. And it's not flooded with McDonald's imagery. 
Nope. It's not 90 straight seconds of Big Mac. Yeah. You know, it's... I, I think it's worth mentioning that, like, this was a challenging piece in that it, it really needed to be right to work, mm -hmm. but... Um, it, it just flowed really well because the second we had had the music in mind and we like those hard driving drums really really like everybody at DDB and McDonald's were like okay this is it then it was just a matter of like tweaking and make sure the edits were right and then from their perspective how creative they wanted to be with it you know do you do voiceover do you not do you integrate the five notes at the end do you not and you know the, the decisions that they ended up making at the end were brilliant it was an awesome piece and we celebrated accordingly <laughs> over over whiskey with the DDB people nice uh, you know what else is on deck for the wild in 2014 because I know that you guys are starting to Breakthrough in America. Obviously, you have this enormous spot that's behind you now that you can like use to really launch forward. So, where does the group go from here? We're going to be playing a lot of shows around the states. That's the main kind of focus now. Um, and then writing the next album. Yeah, that's, that's really it. <laughs> just keep it going. The, yeah. Well, the big thing for us right now is just there's a lot of momentum from the spot because it ran for two straight weeks to every household in America. I did. We were in a taxi actually from when we arrived in LA going to the hotel. And just as like some quote unquote market research, I like asked the um, taxi driver, I was like, hey man, did you watch the Olympics? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, did you see a McDonald's there? And he was like, yeah. I was like, uh, did you hear the music? He's like, yeah, I remember the music. And I was like, oh, that was us. And he was like, really? And like turned his head back. So there's an insane amount of awareness right now for the song. So once you've broken through to that like taxi cab demo, oh, then in America you've made it. You're killing it. You're killing it. So uh, yeah, so it's just about capitalizing on it. So we've you know we're doing lots of shows and um, getting the right team together, record label wise and publishing and all that kind of stuff, just so we can push forward and have a really cool year. Yeah. yeah. You know, from the artist side, and I'm going to throw the question to the music dealer side as well. But from the artist side, you know, for other artists who are listening to this. What would you, what would your suggestion be in terms of like them wanting to be able to pursue opportunities like this, land in, you know, something even half as monumental as like an Olympics ad? What's the best advice for artists who want to get their music out through licensing and sync? Be open, like, because mm. the first thing you could do when you hear, oh, McDonald's wants to use your music, a lot of people would just go, oh, no. I'm too punk for that. Yeah, like, but, you know, like, like they were saying, like the corporations getting more savvy. Like you've got people like music dealers who know how to keep it looking good. You know, like it's not going to be too cheesy. Or like if your music is really cheesy, then maybe that you accept that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, and that's on you. And that and that yeah. fits. It fits for a reason. And no one's. I think like the public are kind of moving on from just being, you know, oh man, they sold out. Like everyone's getting over that now, and they're going, oh, I like this song. They're not even really worrying about where they found it anymore they're just worrying about whether they like it or not it's yeah the, it's the new radio because like i think the yeah. first time i kind of came in contact with it and was like ah here we go was the apple ipod ads you'd see that and you'd go and download that track because mm -hmm. that was a cool song so i think the stigma of it um being something that kind of takes away from the art is is it's vanishing really quick. And it benefits the artists, which, you know, not many things do anymore, so. But the, the actual value of, like, something that, that Jessie and, and her team were able to do for an unsigned band, like, the value was in the amount of new fans that discovered the band. Like, we went from just under 4,000 views on their lyric video to over 110,000 views in two weeks, right? Now, and that, that means that their Spotify hits went up, their sound, like, everything went up. So all of these new fans were discovering 
the wild, you know, and, and the value in that for an unsigned band, Jesse, is huge. Like, huge, because that, what, what that does is that gets serious people from record labels researching, going, oh, my God, this music connects. This music connects, you know, and, and people see it, then they, they have to search for it, and, and it connects. And so, as a result, you know, the Wild have had two weeks of back-to-back -back meetings with potential record labels, um, and, and who all see the value of what's just happened. Yeah. So it's massive. It's, it's really huge. It's, it's the turning point. Like, mm. what music dealers did for the Wild was a huge turning point in moving forward for the band. Now, what about uh, on the music dealer side? Like, I know that there's the website artists can submit through, but kind of walk us through the process. You know, if an artist out there is listening and they're like, I want to be in the McDonald's, you know, Olympics ad next time, next time it rolls around. Like, you know, what does that process entail for an artist who wants to get in the music dealer's database and build a relationship with you guys? I think it's already absolutely been touched on. I mean, first and foremost, you have to be open-minded and realize that this is a subjective, subjective world. I talk and Jesse talk with clients all day about music and things tend to change on a dime. Um, you know, some brands have a, a greater sense of value for music than others, but um, the process is this. Yes, anybody is welcome to submit music to our catalog. It all gets reviewed. It all gets heard. Um, obviously, we have an internal matrix that we need to follow, so not everything is accepted, but um, it's taken very seriously. Additionally, if we have a relationship with artists, that goes a very, very long way because it, as it was alluded to earlier, like the fact that we were, Paul was already familiar with some of the Wilds uh, extended family, for lack of a better term, made it that much more real for us to want to get behind. So when we have artists come in and do stuff like this, before or after being placed in content, that goes a long way. Coming in for live acoustic shows, things of that nature, uh, it's very, very important to us and it makes us want to work that much harder on their behalf. But at the end of the day, we hate to say it, like we live and die by our clients. So it's what music that they want and we just have to get behind it and, and support all of the artists that we represent. So sometimes like in this case, it creates a beautiful piece of content though. If, you know, just a message to artists, if they do want to sign up, they can go to uh, musicdealers.com and there's a page where they can submit their music and start an artist profile and then we can begin the re review process and try to ingest them into our catalog. Well, cool, man. Um, you know, Music Dealers team and The Wild, thank you guys so much for taking some time to talk about just kind of this cool marriage that was able to happen with this campaign and something that it sounds like was beneficial on all sides, which, you know, the music industry and the creative arts at this point need more success stories like this. This. It needs more success stories that service not only the brands and then the mediators, but also the artists as well. So very cool to hear about. Thank you guys all for taking the time. This has been the Industry Interactive Podcast. Thanks to Mo Care, Brendan Black, and Joe Pascoe of The Wild, their manager Michelle Backer, and Jesse LaBelle and Jeffrey David of Music Dealers for being on the show this week. You can find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.